Today's Mind Your Own Business is brought to you by Audible, where you can get the free audiobook of your choice by signing up for a no-cost 30-day membership at audibletrial.com slash M-Y-O-B. That's audibletrial.com slash M-Y-O-B. This is Mind Your Own Business with Mike and Matt. Race Car Radio's podcast for business owners, entrepreneurs, and aspiring entrepreneurs. I'm David Hoffman, and your voices of reason are Mike Gansel and Matt Plosiak. Today, Lori Jacobson of Jaybird Communications joins us to talk about hiring and why the internet may have made it harder than ever to find the right staff. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning, David. Uh, today we have the fabulous Lori Jacobson of Jaybird Communications, um, which is a, uh, a, a boutique PR firm specializing mostly in the music industry, some other things as well. Maybe, um, Lori, tell us a little bit about your business and what you guys do. Well, yes, Jaybird Communications is a PR agency, communications agency, that focuses on the business side of the music industry, meaning we don't represent artists, we re- represent companies that work in the space, and primarily on the business-to-business uh, part rather than business-to-consumer. And it is very specialized, but yet we've managed to survive nine years um, with growth. We have great clients, all different kinds, sizes. The Association of Independent Music Publishers is a client, Banzoogle, Exactuals, so probably not household names to to all your listeners but very important within the infrastructure of the music industry and so recently you, you've been going through a, a hiring process which has been had some ups and downs and i think that's what we're in here to talk about today maybe maybe you could you could take it from there tell us what you've been going through and maybe what your question is about that sure so uh, i ran jaybird for the first two years all on my own and then i hired my first employee seven years ago my second employee six years ago, and I haven't had a real need to hire since then. Uh, One of those staff decided that he was tired of New York and headed off to the the West Coast. So I had to replace staff for the first time. And I have found that uh, it's a very different world out there for hiring, particularly on a, I'll say a more junior level than than it was when when I did it six years ago. So what was your biggest issue? Or uh, I'm sure they had many issues, but what was one of the bigger ones? Well, what, what, what's the difference you're talking about? Between well, the difference back then, it was I, I put two ads on two very you know, specialized music blogs that still exist and got a small number of qualified, interested applicants. This time, I, one of those blogs wasn't taking ads anymore. The other, I got no answers to the, you know, there are only a few ads on the blog. So I went to LinkedIn and I went to another kind of larger PR hiring thing and it was a disaster. I got, I mean, perhaps close to a hundred responses, but I mean, firstly, almost none of them read the actual job description. So I got people who were wildly unqualified in all kinds of different levels. Uh, you know, that, that was the, the most, uh, I would say, the egregious thing of people not reading it, um, not going to my website to see what the company 
you know, if they weren't unclear what the company does, not really putting any thought into even like kind of the LinkedIn response or a cover letter response. But it, it was just, it was just a very shocking experience of so very 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 basic. Well, when you went me. through this process six <laughs> and seven years ago, was the process that different? The the applicant pool ended up being different, but the process itself was is pretty much the same. Well, I've done the same thing. I've been hiring people for uh, a client of mine, and I actually have very similar uh, experiences. Uh, I've gone. I've been working with ZipRecruiter, and um, have the uh, the job description is very clear. And you know, I've I have probably sifted through about a hundred plus. And what amazes me is they're not reading the job description. They're, this is, they're not anywhere in the same field as what this is all about. I've got, well, for one of my clients, um, we were hiring some people a couple, few months ago. You know, the job description on the website says, you know, minimum two years experience. And, you know, 75% of the other respondents are, just graduating and um the jobs are filled we still keep getting dozens of resumes a week um and it, you know a lot of the the resume you say well what sorts of people you know bad people are like i can do anything well, um and that was i mean and and one woman it was fantastic her it was one of the, the linkedin her linkedin explanation was was everything from jewelry maker it was it was unbelievable i mean the list of things that she could do yes but you realize if you i i've often thought about why did this person apply for this job and part of it is that the person who's applying for the job it's a dream they have a dream and somehow this ad for however strange it may seem to us as to why they would this ad uh, that we've put in is an answer to their dream Somehow, some way. And, and, and then it's because they want to be, on some levels, they want to be recognized. They, I, I, want this, I want to do this. I want this job. And this description kind of floats over on the computer, click, and they... I mean, I'm wondering if part of this is because it's so easy to... It's not like, you know, you have to fill out an application, type up something, mail it, you just copy and paste. So why not just apply to everything? I- is that people's attitude I think, that, I think that's actually probably... That seems probably. to be happening. Um. The other part that I found kind of fascinating is after people who had applied and some of them who were actually qualified just didn't answer. I would respond to them through LinkedIn and I would get no response and I would give it a couple of days and then email them outside of LinkedIn just in case the app wasn't working and still no response. It was, it was, wow. it was shocking to me. Yeah, I had that same experience. I, I had interviewed somebody uh, for a position. Uh, it would have been a uh, an inside sales position. Um, and I told her what the process was. I said, look, I'd like you to do a review of the website. Come back to me. Show me what your critical thinking is like. You know, it doesn't have to be a lot. And she was wonderful on the phone. We had a great conversation. Uh, we communicated email, she said, and then she disappeared. I never heard back from her. I tried again. You know, I had a similar experience uh, a year, less than a year ago, where I actually was set to hire an intern, somebody I met 
uh, who came up to me and said, I need an internship. I want to work for a company like yours. Can I be your intern this summer? I said, sure. That'd be great. We made an, made an appointment to get together, and he blew me off. You mean he never responded? Well, we, we had an initial interview. I hired the guy, and then he basically didn't show up for work. Did you ever find out why? No. He stopped, resp- stopped responding from, to my emails. From what I find out, this is not uncommon. Well, I wonder, it, is there a generational thing or, to, for people coming out of school now that they're I just... I think it's somewhat what, generational. I, I, I have heard... I mean, that is part of... In, in, frustration when i posted some things about this on facebook that's what i ended up hearing from my peers like this this is a thing right now uh but the other thing i actually think it's it's some of it is is the dating apps and the other apps of kind of the you know swipe right swipe left um because you hear it's the same behavior as dating and it it makes me also think a little bit of your your statement about the dream you know, it's so, there are so many people who won't actually reach for the dream or they're able to make that first step and then they freak out and they, and they back off. And it makes me think of kind of early in my career, very early, I was still looking for internships and people like, how did you get that internship? You know, I asked, (laughs) there, there was an ad in the paper and I answered it. And, you know, this was when I was, I was interning at a radio station or a local, you know, music magazine and it's, it, I think it seemed unattainable to people, but those moments where somebody say, is kind of reaching for the dream, it, it's that kind of, do you really want the dream or not? Maybe, like you said, they reach for the dream, it's easy, that first step, and then life gets in the way. And, you know, people are embarrassed. So the actions speak for their words. Embarrassed about what? Embarrassed to say to you that I made the, a mistake, maybe we're not the right fit. I got another opportunity. I have another opportunity. uh, You know, so. Yeah, that is, say, a general comment. I think people don't know how to gracefully say say no. no, Correct. uh, And and do that. Uh, But, you know, I will say in one of my process when I had somebody not, you know, not show up for a phone call, I I did, again, like when you say keep your culture forward, I'm like, all right, people first, maybe to quote Susie Orman, you know, check in, see if she is okay. Uh, and you know, that's the first question. She's still not going to get this job necessarily, <laughs> but as a human being, is this person okay? Uh, but at the same time, and that, that's the nice side of my personality. I'll say the flip side of my personality, and this was back, you know, this is not the recent episode. This was one of my previous hiring episodes. I had someone cancel an in-person interview five minutes before with the excuse that their eyes were puffy and they couldn't make it to the interview <laughs> and i will say my comment on that was kind of like i did not say this i did not say this to the person but it's like you know the only reason like <laughs> to be emailing me five minutes before the interview to say like you know, is is that you got hit by a car crossing the street you know across across you know to to the office and and based on where this person lived it's like they would have had to have left their house 45 minutes like there's clearly they just overslept um you know, or something, or you're sick, fine, but like, just say, I would have really known you were sick, sick before well, five minutes. Yeah. Before. yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, look, we do have certain standards, and, and it doesn't necessarily include puffy eyes. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, fortunately, I was able to find ultimately two hires, uh, partly by adjusting my experience requirement, and that the higher that I did for the full-time position is happens to be somebody who is straight out of college. However, this person has a degree in the music industry. 
uh, and I happened to be a mentor in their in their class on entrepreneurship. So I got I got to actually interact with this person, and they had volunteered to work in an event that I had in June. So I felt more comfortable putting you know an entry level person in this position, uh, and then the other person. And one of my applicants who was actually kind of like right off the bat, you know, I had posted on a Friday, I got the email on a Saturday, you know, she was ready to go, clearly had a lot of PR skills and it, it went and, and asked me great questions, but I felt like she would need more polish and she didn't have the industry expertise. And I felt like, you know, I was looking for an intern and, and I was going to actually go back to one of the schools that I've spoken at and, and solicit there. And I said, you know what, let me see if she'd be willing to be an intern, because I'd, I'd love to give her an opportunity and see how, how um, her skills could be developed. And so that, that, was, that was the one person uh, through, through, from LinkedIn that I ultimately ended up offering something to, but it was not the full-time position I had in mind. So actually, one of the experiences that we all have in, in hiring people is uh, we have to <clears throat> change our expectations, basically, or change the job or change the qualifications, or really look inside ourselves and say, what do I really want? Um, and that's really part of the challenge of, the, of that process. It's not, it's not a one-way street, um, and, but, and it takes a lot of time. Right, so Lori, it sounded like that the full-time uh, hire that you just made was through a personal connection yes. from the school you were mm-hmm. giving lectures at. Yeah, it was an uh, unexpected byproduct of uh, mentoring this this year. Right. That I hadn't really thought of putting myself forward as a mentor as building a pipeline, but of of course it it was, um, and and certainly is something I'll be more deliberate now going forward. So you know, I guess one of the guidelines I like to tell our clients is one: you should always be looking for people. Not because when you start looking, when you need someone, it's too late because it takes time. And except for a recent grad, all the good people have jobs. So they're in a job already, generally. And um, our best hires for the computer company, Michael and I had one guy took me four years to hire and one took me five years to hire. So it's, I don't think it's, I just you just do it, do it, stop, do it, stop. It's you know you're you're meeting people all the time, you're you're networking with people all the time, and always want to be on the lookout for someone that might be able to fill a role. We'll be right back after these short messages. If you're enjoying this show, you might also like some of the other podcasts on Race Car Radio. For instance, try London's New York. Tour guide, historian, and socialist agitator Dan London takes you on a deep and opinionated trip through some parts of New York City that are a little to the side of the usual tourist trail, and through the extraordinary, rich, and divisive history of one of the greatest cities in the world. I guarantee you it's a view of New York City that you've never heard before. Listen and subscribe now to London's New York at racecarradio.com. Hey, it's David, and I'm talking to you from Race Car Radio World Headquarters, where we're very excited that Mind Your Own Business with Mike and Matt is now sponsored by Audible. 
the world's biggest and best provider of audiobooks. And you, our listeners, can get a free audiobook of your choice, any one of their unmatched selection of titles. All you have to do is sign up for your free 30-day membership at www.audibletrial.com slash M-Y-O-B. And here's Mike on the recommendation line with a book you might want to try. Hey, Mike, is that you? It is. Hi, David. So what's the audiobook you want to recommend? Well, today I was thinking about You Can't Teach a Kid to Ride a Bike at a Seminar by David Matson and David Sandler. You know, I'm a Sandler Sales disciple, and this is really the keystone book about Sandler Sales and how to really become a very effective salesperson. It teaches you attitude, techniques, and behaviors. I think it's one of the best books I've ever read on sales. So, that was You Can't Teach a Kid to Ride a Bike at a Seminar by David Matson and David H. Sandler. Just one of the incredible selection of audiobooks about business that you could choose by going to audibletrial.com slash M-Y-O-B today. That's M-Y-O-B for Mind Your Own Business. And signing up for your free 30-day membership. Again, audibletrial.com slash M-Y-O-B. And now back to Mind Your Own Business with Mike and Matt and our guest, Lori Jacobson of Jaybird Communications. What does one do in this environment? Is there a better way well, to hire people? there is another way. And I've been working with a staffing agency and uh, their job is to go through the chaff. So, um, you know, I've given them the job description. Now they go to the same places that I would go to. They'll go to ZipRecruiter, they'll go to Indeed, but for their fee... They're going to take the time to basically present me with a very sm a much smaller list of candidates who are going to fit my requirements. Now, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to interview that person on the phone. And then if I think that they're qualified enough in my eyes to meet with my client, then I'll do that. But uh, actually, I have found this to be successful. Now, not every, you know... We have this concept about brokers, right? So we think of a, a staffing agency as a broker, and they'll just give you anything. Well, obviously, there are many people who do that. But if you find the right one, and you negotiate something that you think is fair for their time and your time, then that is an alternative. And that has been working for me. I have probably hired three or four people for different clients recently through using that system. Uh, I still do the, the going through... Uh, the uh, ZipRecruiter and LinkedIn, but they've done a pretty good job. So that's an alternative. But I would be curious to know for a company of my size, my hiring history, the level at which I'm hiring, uh, you know, which is, you know, hopefully one employee every couple of years, two employees every couple of years at a salary, which is not a six-figure salary where I know a lot of these folks work off of, you know, on a commission basis. I I'm, I do have to say, I wonder if it's it's just not a value to a, a broker to to work with a company as small as mine. Depends on the size of the company you're working with. The company that I've been working with is just a two guy, two guys, uh, and um, they may grow at one point, and I, I might not be a good uh, client for them at some point in the future. But until then, I think uh, I'm a very good client. And so I would say to you, look, um, if you find the right uh, outsource agency to work with. Okay, and you pay you know twenty percent for I can say fifteen to twenty percent, which is what they typically charge. 
and you save several months and you get the, the higher that you want sooner than later, then, you know, money is time, time is money. It's to your advantage. So, I, and again, it's not for everyone, but I think it's worth exploring. One of the reasons I've always been nervous about, well, the two reasons I've always been nervous about that idea. And one of them is, you know, this idea of cre- creating the perfect candidate in your mind. One is you, you might not actually know who the perfect candidate is until you meet them. And, and, and you know, when you give somebody, you give, even if it's, you know, I've, I've talked to people who've had this problem. They work at a big company and they need to hire an assistant or something. So they have to go through their, their HR department and they'll hand them a job description. And it's, you know, they look for someone who checks off blank, 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 blank. But the right person may be somebody who only has two of those, but has this X factor that they didn't think to put in the. And so how do you. It's true. And, and often, often the best person is like, wow, I never would have thought. It's like dating. You know, you meet somebody and they don't. They don't check off any of your boxes, but you just really like them for some reason. And and it's an interesting process when you're starting out and you're you're hiring people who you know you're going to be working very closely with. I mean, we share a co-working space. I you know we basically sit on top of each other all day long. And a lot of my training in hiring had been at larger companies, and you know you're you're told you need to hire for different personality types and things that complement you and all this other. And actually, in one of my previous hiring experiences with Jaybird, I was weighing two candidates who they really felt very equal to me. One had a tremendously outgoing, buoyant personality, and the other was was much quieter. And when I had done his background checks, it was actually been you know was told by somebody like don't be don't be thrown by this. And I was very torn because I felt like. I, I, while I am an outgoing person, I felt like maybe this is really what we need in this role. And I, I really turned around and I went to my husband and my best friend and I said, if, if you were me, I think these two, are, you know, which would you hire? And they both were like, you'll kill the outgoing guy. <laughs> like that will just rub you so wrong. It was one of those like in my brain, I thought the ideal candidate should be like this, it should be super bubbly and outgoing. And then kind of having this reality check from the people who know, who know me best and have spent the most time with me. Well, culture is a very important part of an organization, no matter how big, no matter how small. And that really is a factor. Of, so, you know, when you're thinking about hiring someone, you know, you think of that culture that you want to create. What are your ultimate goals? What is, what is your mission? How do you square that with the idea of outsourcing this initial plunge through the through the uh, through the pile of detritus, you know, I don't know if I can quite answer your question. Um, you just have to you you have to do things both using your brain and using your heart. You've got to marry both your instinct, your gut, and discipline. Are you doing the right things? That's why, actually, you know, look if you if you can tell an outsourced person the type of person you're looking for. And if they're smart enough, they're going to give you people that fit, but they're also going to give you outliers. And you could tell them, listen, if you find an outlier that you think has some possibilities, I want to, I want to talk to that outlier. Um, so you don't have to be rigid. And if you have that profile that I talked about earlier, you, you can take serious look at the outliers and say, so you, you obviously your, your close advisors said, this isn't going to work for you. 
So in essence, you were going outside. You were going back to an outlier, not that person that you had said, this is what I want. Now, I have been very successful of late using uh, assessment surveys that I work with a client and we basically set up a profile of what we're looking for. Now, you can go positive and negative on that because, you know, there are things like, I want to hear, I want to think about independence, uh, accommodation, manageability, uh, all of those types of social behaviors. And then I also want to think of thinking ability, numeric ability, uh, numeric reasoning, uh, objective thinking. So I think that that actually is really a beneficial. It's begun, it has worked quite well. It's just another tool set in trying to assess who the right employee is for you. Yeah, Have I mean, you done I think that? I've, I've done something like that. I mean, I, I really thought about, well, what do I hear from the clients that I work with about why they hire Jaybird? And it's because we know the music industry better than anyone else. And so I decided, ultimately, it is very hard to teach someone the history of the music industry. They, they have to love it. You have to come in and that is a passion for you. And so I was like, you know, I can't teach somebody that, but I can teach somebody with good writing skills how to direct that and turn that into a press release, a tweet, uh, a blog. Well, that actually, that, that's, now that's an interesting perspective. The way I, I think of it is, and I think this is what you're saying, the question is whether it's a job or whether it's a career. And so, you know, I often ask, what other jobs are you looking for? What what's the kind of career that you, that you really want to build, and and just like you say, you can't teach passion. You have to identify it, and often enough, you know, even in office furniture, if the individual doesn't have a passion for design, for architecture, for the way things look, for fabric, textiles, or whatever, I really want to. I want to see that passion. Well, everything's interesting if you're interested in it, right? I mean, everything you can. There's there's no career path that isn't doesn't have interesting details. That's true, but there yeah. are people who but you basically have to be interested. In exactly, you have, to, you be have interested. to be interested in it. That's exactly <laughs> and, it. You, you, and you know, it just has to be more than just a job, more than just a paycheck. I think that. Well, and it's you know there are different mindsets. Um, way back, very early in my career, I had an intern, and at the time, I was working at one of the top artist agencies in the music industry and we had an intern and she said well i'm leaving because i got a, a job to work with i think it was bird's eye and i just and i was like because i i just love pr and it sort of blew my mind because i love music and musicians i am good at the craft of pr Theoretically, I could do PR for frozen peas. I would not really have <laughs> passion about that. For, for doing PR for frozen peas. Okay. So, Lori, we've been knocking this around for a while, and it's a fascinating conversation. I've been enjoying it. I, I know that all of us have. I hope you have, too. What, what's your lesson learned? One lesson, two lessons? What, what has this process taught you? Uh, definitely to to work the pipeline in in a different way. Um, I really had not thought of some of the mentoring and the speaking at the schools as actually kind of a two way street that I was building a network, uh, and and yet I am. So I want to be even more deliberate about that 
going forward? If you needed to hire somebody tomorrow, you need to put up, what would you do to get that process going? Matt, what would you do? I think first I would um, send out emails to my contacts. Um, and depending on what the job was, I may actually even call uh, several people that I know and see if they know of anyone. Um, also, uh, vendors can be a good source of uh, referrals as well. So that's where I would start. Well, I'd start, write the job description, do the ideal candidate, uh, do a profile, um, call everybody in my network that I thought would be relevant to speak to and ask them um, as much probing questions as I could to see if they knew of anyone or if I was sort of in the right direction. I'd, I'd ask them to help set my expectations. And um, then I also I would uh, do, I would actually reach out to some executive staffing folks that I know and having collected the information that I just talked about, basically looking for them. Um, typically, these are folks that work on, um, con- I won't, not consignment, uh, contingency. And so they'd be happy to take what, I, what I've got and hear, and they'd be honest to tell me there's something they could help with or not, or refer me to someone else in their industry that could. That's the way I would do it. I think, um, really, the, the, the big lesson for me in all of this is, is, Mike, that you really should mind your own business. Well... I, I think Lori's doing a very good job of minding her own business. Matt, I'm not so sure that you're minding your own business. I'd like to mind everyone's business. Thank you all. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Mind Your Own Business with Mike and Matt. The stars of the show are Mike Ganzel and Matt Plosiak of Voice of Reason Consulting, www.voiceofreasonconsulting.com. Today's guest was Lori Jacobson of Jaybird Communications, www.jaybirdcom.com. I'm David Hoffman, and I produced the show. It was recorded and mixed by Austin Cologne. Very special thanks to Valiant Technology for hosting us for today's recording session. You can find them at thevaliantway.com. New episodes coming soon include conversations on everything from what to do when you find yourself in competition with an algorithm to what to do when you find yourself in China. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and many of your other favorite podcasting apps. Find those links at racecarradio.com slash mindyourownbusiness. You can also follow us on social media and interact with the show there at MYOB Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Mind Your Own Business with Mike and Matt is a production of Race Car Radio, www.racecarradio.com. Race Car Radio is a division of Citizen Race Car. We tell stories.